Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. The podcast that explores the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. The Fallout series is rich with tragedy. It's full of stories of individuals who have to go to extremes to survive, to provide for their families, to find something to live for in the wasteland. And sometimes these stories are given a silly, ridiculous slant. But sometimes they are just dark and tragic. As we move into the month of October, as I like to call it, Spooptober, we will be highlighting some of these dark and scary stories from across the Fallout games. Today's story actually takes place in one of the most recent additions to Fallout canon, an update for Fallout 76, The Pit. And if you've played The Pit, whether you've played the original DLC for Fallout 3, or you've played some of the new content for Fallout 76, you know that the situation in the pit is dire. Not only are the people of the pit living difficult lives, struggling to get by, but there is a monster very specific to this part of the world. And if you play through any of the other Fallout games, you're familiar with what happens with a little bit too much radiation or FEV. In some cases, people will ghoulify. And some of those ghouls will lose their minds. But the situation at the pit is a little bit different. People aren't just becoming feral ghouls, just becoming, as if that's a I don't know, a commonality. I mean, I guess it is. It's something that happens all the time in Fallout. People are turning into a creature called a trog. And trogs are worse than ghouls. 
This transformation happens when humans become infected with the troglodyte degeneration contagion, TDC. Trogs are heavily deformed humans who have been mutated by this radiation and the toxic pollutants of the factories in Pittsburgh. This renders them completely hairless. Their postures lean forward. They crawl on all fours. And their minds descend into a feral state. But unlike feral ghouls, they maintain a small fraction of their humanity and a little bit of speech. And because of that, they become very dangerous. In today's story, we will learn about a man named Pat Gerber. A man who sought to fight for the Union, for his faction, for the people of the pit. And in the end, he ends up fighting for his own sanity. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to be using some uh, audio clips from this, which include some F-bombs and things like that. So just a little bit more of a mature warning for this episode. Oh, and that music you hear underneath, that's actually from Fallout 1. It's pretty cool, huh? Alright, let's get started. Pat Gerber's story can be pieced together from holotapes that you can find in the pit. And this is how we learn most of Pat's story. Pat starts off, first of all, as a secondary character. The first we hear about Pat is actually from a holotape from Pat's wife, Bella Gerber. This is Bella Gerber. Used to be a union runner. Now I'm a prisoner. The fanatics found us. They took over the sanctum. Everyone I promise safety, I deliver them straight into the hands of the fanatics. I was so arrogant, so stupid. Forgot that I wasn't the only person capable of navigating the trench, of learning how to navigate it. Pat always told me I needed to learn to trust others, to stop taking the weight of the world upon myself. But he's the same way. I hadn't mentioned it before, but I... I have a husband, Pat Gerber. We promised to meet up after our work for the union was done. But it will never be done, will it, Pat? Things will only get worse and worse. I don't think I'll make it out of here. But I could at least give the others a chance. The others I condemned bringing them here with the promise of safety. I have to give them a chance, Pat. This will be my final log. Goodbye. And Pat, if you ever find that monster you were looking for, don't go alone. If you ever find that monster you were looking for, don't go alone. This is foreshadowing. It happens in all literature. What does that mean? 
Well, we can see that Bella and Pat are in a dire situation. Prisoners of the fanatics. Trying to somehow help the people around them and themselves. And yet, failing. And this is our first introduction, not only to Bella, but to Pat. So what do we know about Pat? Well, it turns out that he originally worked for the local 42 division of the Union in Pittsburgh, and recently was transferred over to the local 29 in the industrial district. We don't know exactly when Pat and Bella met. We don't know how long they'd known each other, if they were both originally from the local 42 and transitioned over together. But we do know that they were dealing with the fanatics, a group of raiders who were seeking to control everything in the pit, enslaving people, forcing them to work, and creating an overall terrible situation, which is only compounded by the presence of these monsters, the Trog. And early on in the story, people don't know where trogs come from, what they actually are. And at first, there are only hints about what might actually be going on. In the holotape labeled Strikers Log 01 Mission Brief, we get our first introduction directly to Pat. This is Pat Gerber, Striker for the Union. Formerly the 42, now with our command up in the 29. Mission Log. Taking care of unfinished business. I used to get reports back in the day of something. Some kind of mutant or monster lurking beneath the foundry. Disappearances, attacks, one or two mangled corpses. Nasty stuff. Thought it was fanatic raids myself, but panic ensued. So I got put on the case. Of course, losing the foundry changed our priorities a bit. But now that we're resettled, I've come home to take a look. Can't say I'm not a bit curious. Don't get to monster hunting very often. Will be a change of pace from rooting out spies and fanatic guerrillas, if indeed it is something new on our plates. The tone in this holotape is considerably different from the previous one with Pat's wife. In that first holotape, she is in distress. She sounds desperate, depressed, and feels like the world is coming to an end. But in this holotape, this mission brief, Pat's tone is very different. He sounds hopeful. He notices that there are some terrible things happening. He mentions mangled corpses, disappearances, attacks, and of course the ever-present problem of the fanatics. And he says in this holotape that he thinks, or at least in general, it's thought that maybe it's just more raider activity that would explain attacks, disappearances, people being taken away into slavery, mangled corpses, people who probably fought back and then were injured in battle. But there's something about this that feels different. And he's hopeful. That's the major difference here, is the tone is hopeful. He's ready for something a little bit different. He doesn't get to go monster hunting very often. And a change of pace would be nice. But of course, the story doesn't go as Pat would predict. 
Pat Gerber, Union Striker, Local 29. Mission lock. In pursuit of a beast. Strange to be back at my old stomping grounds after so long away. So much has changed. The streets. Well, they've been filthy since the war, of course. But we always used to keep them up as best we could. Now you can barely move without tripping over old rebar or slipping in a pool of spilled waste. The fanatics did a number on this place. Met up with a new local leader, a woman who goes by Hex. Guess they've had run-ins with the creatures I'm looking for. So there goes my fanatic raider theory. She showed me the body of one of these things. No wonder they had folks running scared. Going toe-to-toe -to -toe with these troglodytes would put the fear into anybody. It's a wonder the 42 is still standing. Best info we have on where they're coming from hasn't changed, though. Seems disturbances in the foundry. Raids against the fanatics always stir them up and bring them out of hiding. Will be quite the task to get in there unnoticed by the enemy. But that's what strikers are for. I know an old root. Backdoor type situation. Should work. If it doesn't, you know where to find my body. And send my regards to the rest of the 29. If nothing else, you know I'll take some fanatics down with me on the way. So this comes from the striker log 02. Pursuit. And you can see Pat, even though he's talking about dark things, maybe I'm not going to make it out. We know what this monster actually is. There's still a hopeful tone here. He even half jokes at the end. If nothing else, you'll know I'll take some fanatics down with me on the way. Like if I don't make it, well, you know, at least I'll contribute because that's basically all I've got anymore. <laughs> that's what I'm living my life for. But we find out some other things as well. Pat, at this point in his story, is sure that this situation is not the fanatics. It is not caused by them. It is troglodytes. And he even talks about coming across one of their bodies, being able to see what they look like, understand them a little bit more. And he mentions how scary it is. Going toe-to-toe -to -toe with these troglodytes would put the fear into anybody. And then he ponders, I wonder if the 42 is still standing where he originally came from. And then he gets back to focusing on the trogs and this monster problem. He notes that raids against the fanatics always stir them up and bring them out of hiding. Something about that human conflict, whether it's the noise or the potential for more bodies, he's not sure, but something about that brings them back out. And still, he's not interested in fighting right now against the fanatics. He's interested in figuring out what's going on with these monsters, and he needs to do so without too much conflict with the fanatics, because that would get in the way. So he comes up with a plan to get into where he thinks they might be coming from through an unnoticed path, as he calls it, an old route. He also notes in this holotape that the city's a mess. You can't get from one place to another without tripping over rebar or stepping in a puddle of toxic whatever. So maybe taking that alternate path is a good idea. And we're going to get to that after the break. We've got to go thank our patrons, so don't go anywhere. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. All right, here we are. It is time to welcome our newest patrons. 
This includes, uh, let's go down the list, Brand, Brandon H. Uh, I'm going to mess up some of these names, of course. Sugar Papa Bunny or Booney, B-U-N-Y without two N's. Maybe Booney. I don't know. Uh, Carbon Gaming and Jeremy G. Thank you so much for signing up and joining us on the Patreon. And a big shout out to all of our patrons, all 75 of our current patrons. Thank you for your support. And a huge shout out, the biggest of all possible shout outs to Darth. Mosin, our Liberty Prime, the highest tier you can get. There's only one slot. There's only one of you. Thank you so much for your support. And also, shout outs to our Sentry Bots, Germinator and Sky R. If you would like to check out all the different stuff you can get on the Patreon, go to patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Check out all the different tiers. There's ad-free episodes, t-shirts and stickers, and joining us on the monthly chats, a bunch of cool stuff you can get for supporting the show. And I totally couldn't do this without all of your support. So thank you so much to all of you. Uh, Let's see. We've got some reviews that have come in over the last uh, week or so. Let's dig into these. The first one comes from Sugar Pop Bunny or Booney. I'm not trying to make fun of your name. Just want to make sure I'm pronouncing it the correct way. But thank you for signing up on the Patreon and leaving a review. That's awesome. Uh, Sugar Pop Bunny. I'm just going to go with Bunny. uh, Says, you must listen to this podcast. I love Fallout. I started with Fallout 4 and worked my way to other titles. This podcast is awesome. So many things I missed along the way that were brought out in the in this podcast series. I started with recent episodes, but have now gone to the very first and running in order. I've learned so much from this, the background on so many topics and how everything is linked together. I can't wait for the next episode. Keep it coming. You're doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much, uh, Sugar Pop. I appreciate that. Um, they're from the U.S. And then we have another one from the U.S. that writes, uh, or this is, their name is, uh, God Died for Everyone. And they wrote, 10 out of 10 Wastelanders agree. I don't know why I pronounced 10 the second time different than the first time, but words are hard. I love the podcast and just started listening this week. I've been playing Fallout since I got my OG Xbox 360 in a bundle that included Fallout New Vegas and I instantly became one of my favorite games of all time. Also, I was listening to you talk about the theoretical Fallout religions and I thought it would be hilarious if there was a cult based around the Energizer Rabbit and how he runs eternally. That would be awesome and hilarious. Uh, Thank you so much for the review. Also, uh, sorry about any background noise. Sometimes there's uh, somebody mowing their yard across the street from me, and somehow that gets picked up by the microphone. Uh, So I apologize for that. Thank you for the reviews again. If you'd like to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it out on a future episode of the show. You can also rate the show on Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to this on. You can join us for the video versions of these episodes, which are coming out more slowly. But if you want to go back and watch video versions of some of the older episodes, go to the Fallout Lorecast YouTube channel. It's easy to find. Just search Fallout Lorecast on YouTube. Um, That's going to do it for the mid-break. Let's move on with the rest of the show. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. So, of course, Pat's story doesn't end here. Tell you what, let's hear it directly from him. Pat Gerber, Union Striker with the Local 29, Mission Lock. Things are getting uncomfortable. Found a way past the patrols and made it to the tunnels beneath the foundry. Places like a maze. No wonder we never scouted the whole thing when we owned this place. And there's evidence of our mutant friends everywhere. Human bones littered here and there, stripped of all the flesh and muscle. I've got a strong stomach, but it's hard to take. Must have been dragging folks down here as long as we suspected. 
Can't help but think of the friends I've lost. I'm gonna exterminate the whole lot of these creatures. The going is getting tougher. No natural light, of course. Or artificial, for that matter. But more than that, the rads get worse the deeper I go. I can feel my body heating up, my, my skin crawling, stomach starting to churn. I still haven't found the bastards. Founded some, some rad X, but it's hardly helping. I should know better, but I want to press on. Maybe a few levels deeper before I turn back and rethink my strategy. Maybe still a hazmat suit from somewhere. If I'm lucky, my damn head's starting to swim. Hope the damage isn't done already. So we learn a few things more about Pat here. He's got a conviction. He will end these monsters if he's able to. And part of that comes from finally understanding how terrible they are. Bones littered here and there, stripped of all the flesh and muscle. And then that realization that they must have been dragging folks down here for as long as we suspected. Can't help but think of the friends I've lost. That this may have been their end. The bones that he's coming across might be the bones of the people that he cares about. Having been killed and stripped of anything that would make them recognizable. And at the end of this holotape, which, by the way, is called Striker's Log 03, Lion's Den, we get another foreshadowing moment. Hope the damage isn't done already. What damage? Well, the irreversible damage of too much radiation and infection from the toxins in the pit. He specifically notes here, I can feel my body heating up, feel my skin crawling. Stomach is starting to churn. And I still haven't found the bastards. He took some red X, but it didn't help. And then he has this moment of prescience. I should have known better, but I want to press on. He wants to avenge his friends. Maybe a few levels deeper and I turn back and rethink my strategy. Maybe steal a hazmat suit from somewhere, if I'm lucky. He wouldn't have needed to hope to be lucky if he had been a little bit more prepared. And I guess he couldn't have predicted necessarily the levels of radiation. But it raises an interesting question. At what point is too far too far? At what point should he have known that if I go any deeper, I may not escape this. And then there's the way it ends with the hope the damage isn't done already, which as a listener makes you think it probably is. This doesn't look like it's going to end well for you. And by the names of the holotapes themselves, we can tell that it doesn't. The final holotape, the next and final holotape, is called Striker's Log 04, Failure. 
Pat, Pat Gerber, striker with the, the Union Local 29, Mission Log. Pretty sure I fucked up good. Got a, a little farther down and came face to face with my prey. Damn thing was hideous. Was, I was limping along. Really feeling the rats at this point. Didn't fill up to a fight. So I was pretty sure I was a goner. But it didn't pounce. Didn't strike. The thing just stared. It stared at me. It, 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 it knew me. I, I, I could feel it. How that's possible, I, I don't know, but... Sort of chill down my spine. Its eyes, they... Called to me. Felt like an eternity. But after... A minute or two, it just, it just turned around and and left. And so did I. I made it. I made it back topside. <laughs> Lucky to be alive, honestly. But all I feel is is an anger. It's swelling up inside me. I'm just so mad. Mad I didn't kill the thing. Mad it didn't kill me. It, it doesn't make any sense. Don't, don't think I'm going back to the 29 anytime soon. Need to, need to wait for these, these urges to subside. Don't want to hurt anyone. Shouldn't be near other people right now. God, it's so damn bright up here. Was it always so blinding? You know, find a little corner uh, out of the light. Uh, some someplace warm. Uh, I don't know why it's, it's gotten so cold either. Uh, too used to the rats, maybe. Gerber out. What we get in this final holotape is the experience of transforming into a trog. It is clear, and it goes through stages. And we can walk right through it with Pat, which is very dark. At the beginning of the holotape, he's talking about coming face to face with his prey and how he was really feeling the radiation by this point. And then when he comes face to face with a troglodyte in a state where he would have had a very difficult time defending himself because of how weak and irradiated he was at this moment. It just stares at him. But notice, he just stares back. He doesn't take out a gun. He doesn't try for a shot. He doesn't seek to kill it, although that has been his goal from the very beginning. He stares back and feels something. It knew me. I could feel it. How's that possible? There's something more going on here. And then it wanders off. Why didn't it attack him? Maybe because it could tell that he was already becoming one of them. 
And then we get the emotional reaction to the situation. All I feel is anger. It's swelling up inside of me. I'm just so mad. This irrational anger. Mad I didn't kill the thing. His rational mind realizing that he should have killed it. That was his goal. He had an opportunity and he didn't take it. Mad it didn't kill me. More of an irrational anger. Or maybe there's a part of his mind that realizes what's happening to him. And at this point, he would rather be dead. It doesn't make any sense. Don't, don't think I'm going back to the 29 anytime soon. Is that his rational mind letting him know that his job isn't done? Or that maybe he's infected and he shouldn't go back and endanger his friends? Need, need to wait for these urges to subside. Again, a rational perspective, maybe. Maybe I just need to wait for this to settle down and then I'll be okay. Don't want to hurt anyone. Shouldn't be near other people right now. God, it's so damn bright up here. The whole time he's been down in these tunnels and there's no natural light, no synthetic light either. And yet all of a sudden everything feels so bright. Was it always so blinding? And then his final thoughts need to find a little corner out of the light, someplace warm. I don't know why it's gotten so cold either. Too used to the rads, maybe. He needs to find a place to either curl up and die or finish his transformation into a trog. It's through Pat's story that we have any insight at all into what this must be like. What somebody would go through and how they would slowly lose control of themselves, lose their humanity, and turn into the very monster that he was hunting. And again, it's a tragic situation. The wasteland is full of them. And there's something about the environmental storytelling, these glimpses of somebody's thoughts in holotapes, that makes it that much more chilling. I hope you have a wonderful Spooktober, and I'm looking forward to talking about some other dark and scary stories from Fallout. I'll see you next time. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Reach out to me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. Check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast, starting a new podcast, or helping your current podcast grow. There's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well. And you can always talk with us and the entire community, over 2,000 people on the Robots Radio Discord. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.